0: Good Thursday afternoon to everyone except it's Tuesday afternoon and the reason I'm saying that is because me, I didn't flub. No way. Are you kidding? Forget it. No way. Not possible. Maybe. But Thursday is Thanksgiving Day. Hooray, hooray. And so we will not have a Facebook class on Thursday. So happy Tuesday and Thursday to everyone. Nice to see you. Glad you're joining in today on this Thanksgiving week. What a Wonderful blessing it is that our nation pauses uh, on a national scale and uh, says thank you for all of the blessings that we have. For those of us who are people of faith, we thank our great God and Savior Jesus Christ for the wonderful blessings that we have. Every good thing comes from the Lord. Everything that is good comes from the Lord according to Scripture and I certainly believe that. I hope you are having a good week. I hope you have some wonderful plans. Uh, this week, even if the plans are just to hang in there and take it easy, that would be great. Nice to see my wonderful sister and friend Tia signing on and saying hello. Hello and happy Thanksgiving to you too, dear friend. And to all of you who are watching this, whether it's live or whether it's uh, a little bit later, which you can certainly do, either on my Facebook page here, just scrolling down to it, or on our Wester when. Church of Christ or West Irwin Live Facebook pages are on our website, westirwin.com. That's Irwin with an E, R-W-I-N. And then scroll over to where it says connect, scroll down to where it says live stream video, and you can find the video archives by scrolling down on that page. And uh, that's where you see our live big blue box. You can watch us live there, but you can also scroll down and Click on the video archives and see all kinds of fun stuff, uh, including all of these uh, Facebook lessons on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Hello to my cousin Gail. Love you and Keith so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. To all of my kinfolk down in Southeast Texas, uh, miss you all. Hope to get down there sometime soon. On Tuesdays, we are looking at a book by Oswald Chambers entitled My Utmost for His Highest. It's a daily devotional book, and it's a wonderful book. It's a challenging book. And so this week, uh, he's written a couple of things on the forgiveness of God. And I wanted us to consider that great thought as we consider the greatest blessing of all that we are thankful for this week, and that is the blessing of salvation through Jesus Christ. Uh, He quotes at the beginning from Ephesians chapter one, Uh, In him, in Christ, we have the forgiveness of sins. We have every spiritual blessing that can be given to us through Jesus Christ and in our Lord and Savior. And so that is a great, great blessing and a great reminder uh, for us today to consider the great salvation, but also what made it possible. And so a few challenging remarks from Oswald Chambers' book. Uh, Beware, he writes, Beware of the pleasant view of the fatherhood of God. (laughs) That's a a kind of an interesting statement, isn't it? I'll give you a little bit of a hint about where he's going with this. Uh, In the book of Hebrews, he'll quote from the book of Proverbs that talks about discipline. Talks about how disciplining uh, is a loving thing to do. Discipline just means that the the word disciple means learner. Uh, So to discipline someone, you're trying to teach them. And uh, discipline doesn't have to be punishment. It can be positive, and it should never be abusive, never should go over that line. But at the same time, to not provide that kind of discipline is also uh, something that is uh, a cruel thing to do. If you're talking about a child, uh, that is something that we want them to grow up, to be independent, responsible adults. And to do that, that takes discipline. Uh, from those of us who love them. Beware of the pleasant view of the fatherhood of God. Here's how he explains that. God is so kind and loving that of course he will forgive us. Well, that thought, he says, based solely on emotion cannot be found anywhere in the New Testament. And I believe he's right about that. Uh, God isn't just this emotionally kind and loving Uh, Father that will forgive us no matter what simply because He loves us. Because you see love is not the only aspect to God. There's also that aspect of holiness and justice that is very much a part of the nature of God as well. And that holiness and that justice uh, demand some kind of of, uh, uh, just response to the sins of humanity. And so that thought, based solely on emotion, that God is so kind and loving that, of course, he will forgive us no matter what, is not found anywhere in Scripture. The only basis on which God can forgive us is the tremendous tragedy of the cross of Christ. To base our forgiveness on any other ground is unconscious blasphemy. He writes, the only ground on which God can forgive our sin and reinstate us to his favor is through the cross of Christ. There is no other way, and I agree with that. There is simply no other way. Uh, There's a story in John 6 of Jesus having a very difficult lesson uh, to the Jews that were there listening to him, the multitudes, and as he continued this lesson, it was very hard to hear, and they began to leave. And finally, it was just Jesus and his apostles, and he looked around and he said, are y'all gonna go away too? And Peter, in one of those great moments where Peter speaks up, but actually is uh, speaking truth, he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe that you are the Messiah that was to come. Well, Peter is exactly right. Where would you go if you turn away from Christ? And so with that thought... Uh, these comments that talk about the forgiveness of God coming not just from God's love, but com- from the extreme sacrifice of the life of his own son. That great passage that we all know from John 3:16. for God so loved the world. Yes, he did, but that's not where it stops. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And it doesn't even stop there, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, it takes God's love, which moves him to act by giving his one and only son, and that should move us to act, and that's the response of faith. Scripture says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and that's only possible because Jesus died on the cross. And for Saul of Tarsus, who had become the apostle Paul, he was told exactly how to do that after praying and fasting for three days. Acts 9 tells us when he came face-to-face with the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. Um, Jesus told him, go into the city, it'll be told you what you should do, and after three days of prayer and repentance uh, and being blind and fasting, um, Ananias, a Christian man, went to Saul of Tarsus and said, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. we are saved when we call upon the name of the Lord. But what does that mean? It means to believe in Jesus and to repent, to change your life. And it means to confess that faith so that others will know this you're serious about this. And it means to be baptized into Christ. Paul would write to the Romans Christians, the Christians in the capital of the empire in Rome, and tell them we died to sin. We were buried with Christ through baptism into death. And so we are raised to live a new life. Uh, baptism there and in 1st Corinthians 3 and in Colossians 2 or all those places and others it's associated with the death burial and resurrection of Christ. What Chambers reminds us of in these uh, pages is there's no salvation without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That cross, that that torturous death that Jesus uh, went through for us was the price that was paid so that the justice of God could be saved as well as the love and mercy of God. Forgiveness, which is so easy for us to accept, cost the agony at Calvary. Uh, and so we should never take that for granted. And this week is a great reminder. Let's be thankful for all of our blessings. We're gonna sing in our little devotional tonight before we share pie together with our church family. Um, We're going to sing the song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. And the greatest of them all is the forgiveness that comes through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Uh, The cost of that forgiveness was the cross and life of Jesus Christ. To forgive sin while remaining a holy God, that price had to be paid. Um, And so we understand that the revealed truth of God and his forgiveness is, is what we call the doctrine of atonement. I've heard that described as at one mint, at one mint. God is making, it's it's very similar uh, to that idea of reconciliation. God reconciling us to himself through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. He can't just pretend that those sins never happened. That would not be just. And so he deals with those sins through his own son by giving his own son. The only way we can be forgiven is by being brought back to God through the atonement of the cross. Uh, It's not something we like to think about, but it's something that the Apostle Paul and other New Testament writers never got away from. They always remembered the greatest gift of all, which was salvation, but the cost of that gift as well, Jesus Christ, his son. And that should motivate us and move us to live a life of love. Um, and uh, we remember the great words of Jesus. He had seven great statements, at least seven. Those are the ones that are recorded for us in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But one of those statements from the cross is simply this, it is finished. It is finished. Uh Jesus himself in that great prayer in John 17 says, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And he did. He finished it when he died on the cross. Uh, The death of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment in history of the very mind and plan of God all along. Uh, It's a challenging statement that Chambers writes when he says this, there is no place for seeing Jesus Christ as a martyr. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. It depends on how you define martyr. Now we're talking about terms, right? But Jesus' death was not something that happened to him. It was something that he did. In fact, in the Gospel of John, earlier in John chapter 10, when Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd, he says, I am giving my life up on my own. No one's taking it from me. I am am of my own will giving my life. To be that good shepherd who would die for his sheep. Um, never build your case of forgiveness on the idea that that God is our father and he loves us so much that he just saves us. That is the doctrine uh, of universalism, which says no matter what you do, since God is a God of love, he's going to save you. Whether you spit in, your fa- in his face or deny uh, that he exists or do horrible, terrible things, atrocious things uh, to other human beings such as we've seen that Hamas has done uh, in Gaza to uh, the Israelites that they that they captured and tortured and are still being held and many of which have died horrible horrible thing universalism says well because Jesus died on the cross everybody's saved because God is a God of love it doesn't matter how you act or how you live or what you do Well, that's simply not biblical, it's not biblical. Yes, God loves us, and it's that love that motivated God to give His one and only Son, to provide that way of atonement through the cross of Christ. But now, we are called upon to respond in faith to that great gift. And we respond in faith, again, by believing and repenting and confessing and being baptized. And then we're raised to live a new life out of that watery grave of baptism, as we say. Uh, The revealed truth of God in Jesus Christ is that the cross was absolutely necessary, but that price was paid. And so now what? Do you live like you believe that God loved us so much that He gave His one and only Son? Have you turned to Jesus in faith? Have you been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? That's what Peter told all of those thousands of Jews on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 when uh, the church began. They asked, what do we do? They had just crucified the Son of God. They had been waiting all these thousands of years for the Messiah, 2,000 years at that time since Abraham had lived and died. And they had been waiting and waiting, and now he had come and they killed him. And so they ask and ask you, what do we do? And Peter, remind, Peter tells them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. Uh, the cross was a necessary act on the part of God himself in giving his own son and Jesus Christ giving his life And so because of that, the good news of the gospel is he went to that extreme measure. And now the question is, okay, so what about us? Uh, Jesus has now gone back into heaven at the right hand of God, taking his own blood with him, as the writer of the book of Hebrews starts out saying, and offered it up on the ultimate holy of holies, the throne room of God, and the ultimate altar, the very throne of God himself. And that gives us that great statement from Jesus at the cross. uh, It is finished. It is finished. That's the final word in the redemption of humankind, the blood of Jesus. And now we can respond to that in faith. I hope that this week as you enjoy the Thanksgiving blessings, as you count your blessings, as you express gratitude to friends and family members for the wonderful relationships and blessings that they are. As you uh, uh, convey your gratitude and thankfulness to God himself, remember the greatest blessing of all, the greatest reason for us to be grateful and to be thankful is salvation that comes only through the cross and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I am grateful for all of you. And I'm thankful for the times that we share. Remember, there won't be a lesson on Thursday. Enjoy your time of thanksgiving and praise. And show your gratitude to God throughout this week and throughout every day. God bless.